I will begin reading at the first verse. I, we've covered that first three verses, but I will uh, I'll read the verses and make, have some comments. But uh, we're going to start at the latter part of the third verse. He said, let brother love continue. And that's, uh, and uh, may I, I just, I did tell last time that uh, we're, we, we're changing, amen, from verse chapter 1 till chapter 12. It seems that Paul was endeavoring to continually try to uh, use scripture and prophetical scriptures and, and prophetical uh, things in the Old Testament to, and the parallels and uh, types and shadows type of ministry to, to uh, convince the Jews. It's written to the Hebrew people to convince the Jews that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. Amen. And he had come to establish his church. And uh, so uh, now it's going to be kind of changed in this, uh, starting at verse 13, or chapter 13, uh, he's going to talk directly to the church on how that uh, now it's, it's just our character, I guess I could say it that way, that we do. Let brotherly love continue. Amen. Don't stop loving your brethren. Amen. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's needful more today than it ever, ever has been. But I think that uh, there has been times probably that it was become more important to people when, when persecution and trials and tests uh, happens, uh, they, uh, they bring the church together sometimes in, 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 in history, in the old times, even back there. Because uh, you would think that problems and situations would destroy the churches. But uh, there is a cliche that's said so many times, you've heard it, I'm sure, probably heard it said, the uh, blood of the martyrs were the seeds of revival. The more that the, they killed them, stoned them, or whatever, uh, it seemed to be that the people prayed more and sought God more, and God would bring deliverance and bring people into the church. Amen. And um, I, I, I guess it's probably a little, uh, little thing that I can relate to maybe at this, but when you feel sorry for somebody, you want to help them. You, you know, that's, that's normal for Christians. And so when they, they felt, they, the Scripture says to bear one another's burdens. Amen. And so uh, we, that's what we are. We are to, we're to carry the load, amen, of other people. Jesus bore it all for us. He carried our sins to Calvary. He delivered us from sin, praise God. We don't have to carry our sins around, but we should be carrying around other saints or souls or people who have need is the burden on our hearts. Amen. Just like you worry when, you, when your bills can't, you can't pay your bills, you worry, start worrying then about, am I right? Well, sometimes I feel like that we're in debt so much that we, we are carrying the load that other people maybe should be carrying for their own selves. I just prayed while ago for some people. And I, I tell you, sometimes I don't, I say, God, I don't, know, I don't know what to do now. 
except just pray. They don't pray. They aren't here. So I don't know what to do except just try to carry the load for them. I may, I may hit on a point that I want to make for that. Amen. Verse number two, be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Amen. Now, that's, we covered that pretty well. And, of course, we talked about they, back, back yonder. They didn't have motels and hotels and so forth. And if a stranger come to town, it was, it was either sleep on the streets or, or maybe uh, somebody would take him in. You can read the Bible and know that that, that was happening quite a number of times. Amen. And, and uh, the Apostle Paul, when he went to Philippi, you know, the, the Lord told him, you know, the voice, he had the vision, come over to Macedonia and help us. So immediately Paul started preparing to go to Macedonia. He got to Philippi and he got beat up. He got thrown in prison there. But before then, he had preached about it on the riverside. And Lydia, uh, she believed the message. And so Lydia gave Paul and Silas a place to stay. There was no other place that they had except sleep out there by the river. Amen. But, uh, you know, they, God, God provides. Amen. Verse number three, remember them that are in bonds as bond. Amen with them and them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. Amen. Remember, remember our brothers and sisters. That's why we have prayer requests. And I, 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 I will tell you, if I was to ask you how many can name who was asked prayer tonight, remember those names. Uh, I'm like you. I forget sometimes who I am. Uh, but, uh, but you know, we, we're supposed to remember those. And when we go home tonight, we can, can pray for them again. Because I heard Brother Williams praying for, and he, he prays, he asked for prayer requests for his grandchildren, amen, his stepchildren, and other people tonight. It's, it's a, some, some of your families in the need of prayer. Um, we're going, to, we're going to try to take those home with us tonight. Pray. Amen. Remember those. Now, Paul here was writing, and he said, remember those that are in bonds. Remember those that's suffering in prison for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So you just feel like you're bound with them. Amen. They're bound in body, but we're, we need to be bound in spirit in prayer for them. Hello? Amen. And verse number four, and I will, that's where we, uh, in fact, I was a part of a, the uh, lesson on verse three. James Hastings says, there are four traits of a Christian. Amen. Reverence for each other, sympathy for each other, amen. Tenderhearted or tenderness for each other, and vigilant for each other. We are looking out for each other, too. Amen. Jesus told a parable of the Good Samaritan, and he, he was trying to describe to them what a Christian should be to the Jews. Because this Samaritan, he, uh, he tried to help the man on the roadside when the priest 
and the, and the, the uh, how can you call it the priest and the uh, somebody they, they I don't, the word don't get in my mind right now but they just passed on by and uh, they saw the man saw his needs but the publican and who is our neighbor well he, Jesus kind of described to them who the neighbor was amen hallelujah Acts chapter 12 And I'll begin reading in verse number one, Acts 12 and one. It says, now about this time, Herod, amen, the king stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had a, a, a parent excuse me when he had apprehended him he put him in a prison and delivered him to four quarters of soldiers keeping him intending after Easter to bring him forth amen to the people but prayer was made but prayer was made amen so so prayer changes things and that's that's just a good statement but it really does change people it changes things and Amen. Good speed. Amen. Amen. So you, you, you have heard someone say, I feel your pain. Amen. You've heard them say that. It is not physical pain, but we suffer. When one man suffers, the whole body suffers. That's physically. But that's spiritually too, supposed to be. When one person is going through some troubles, it's, 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 it's us. It's, it's us that's going through it. It's the church. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. James says, amen, chapter, James chapter 5, verse 17, Elijah was a man of like passion. Amen. He, he, was, he was just like you and I. Amen. He had feelings. And really, the, the thing was, you know, he had one of the greatest stories I think I could ever ever be preaching about or talking about. He meant when he called those 850 prophets of Baal, amen, and the priest there, and and, and challenged them all. What a what a story! You know, you can you can hear that preached over and over when the fire came down and sacrifices and. And so forth, and Elijah was, I mean, he was he was so hyped up, <laughs> he outrun the chariots. But the the next day he was so hyped down <laughs> that he felt like he just 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 let me die. Let me die. That, you know, he's a he's kind of a kind of an example to some of us sometimes. That uh, Sunday night we get so happy, and when we walk in the next or Monday morning, the boss man says, "Well, I don't need you today," and uh, you know, we said, "But but I need you. I need you. I need this job." And you know, you can get you're up one day and you're down the next. It's 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 the human traits, isn't it? And Elijah took off, and he actually left his servant that was the watchman for the flat for the for the cloud. He left him and kept running. 
but God knew that he had to have somebody. And so the Lord told him where to find someone that would follow him and be his servant. That was Elisha. God knows that you need somebody to help you up sometimes. He recognizes that we all have our inabilities. Amen. To carry on. Amen. And I've, I've made this statement quite a number of times. Brother Harrelson probably heard me say it, and he's, he's made mention of it. And uh, I'm, I'm right at the present time, probably uh, somewhat guilty of my own thing, but I, I say that we don't live to ourselves, we don't die to ourselves. And every one of us needs somebody that we can lean on, we can trust, will pray with us, help us, amen, and encourage us. And we can encourage them. That's, that's the church. That's the brotherly love. Amen. Praise God. Matthew chapter 26 and verse 35. Amen. It's a story that I think I preached from this. You're, this is in my notes. I wrote these notes about a month ago. But, uh, and I preached it about three weeks ago about, about Jesus carrying his disciples to the garden Amen. And was praying there. And he carried eight of them and stopped them, told you, sit right here. And he carried Peter, James, and John a little further and told them to watch and pray. And he told them, he said, the spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. And I, I know he was, he was praying, he was talking to, to Peter, James, and John, knowing that Peter was going to deny him. He said, you know, the spirit, you, t- you said you'd die, with me, die for me, but, but your flesh is weak. And it, but, but Jesus was giving them and he told them, amen, watch and pray. Amen. You're going to come into such situations that you need somebody. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Never forget we are on the same team as a church. And we're not, we're not a one-man band. Brother Harrelson and I is not a one-man band. We're all workers together with the Lord. <laughs> I, when I was studying this and preparing, I, mean, I thought of this little song. It's a little, uh, it's, a ba- it's a child song, Sunday school song. If we all would pull together, pull together. Amen. Uh, it's, we tell children to do that, but we all need to understand the same thing. We're all pulling together, should be. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Verse number four. It says it like this. Marriage is honorable and, and all, and the bed is undefiled. He was saying, amen, that marriage is a unit. Marriage is, marriage is, is, is holy. Praise God. Marriage is God's idea. In fact, to prove it, he, was the, he married the first couple. Amen. He, uh, he married Adam and Eve. He brought them together. Praise God. And the purpose is, I, I, I would say the purpose is for every child that's born to have the love of a mother. And that's what women are supposed to be, a little kind, sweet, loving, and so forth. And they need a father, the authority, strength, care, 
concern and so forth. I do not have the numbers. I, I had them in my head and they, they left my head. But I think it's 90 plus percent of all men that's in prison today. 90% of them didn't have a father home in their home where they grew up. That's a, that, that's a, that's a telltale story, isn't it? Amen. Every family needs a husband and a wife for the children's sake. Praise God. Hallelujah. This very this verse seems to, to be a, sub, a subject change. However, it could fit very well into what we have just talked about. Amen. The unity of the church. There should be unity in the home. There should be unity in the home. Amen. Uh, I, I know and understand that there's two different human beings. They have different likes, dislikes, and they have, well, just, you know, they're, they're different kinds of people too. They're, they're different makeup. But that should be a, a compliment rather than a, 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 a dissension to pull into the home. This verse seems to be the, amen, just God made the church and it's called the body of Christ. Amen. So verse number four, amen, is, uh, it goes with verse number three. Amen. It's to be that the body of a home is supposed to be in the same thing. They're supposed to have a leader. They're supposed to have the compassion and the love. And that every, like I say, is every child needs a mother and a father. And you're supposed to fill that role, husbands and wives. He meant to make sure that your home is a, uh, planted on a, what we call a godly foundation. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Verse number four says, but, but the whoremonger and the adulterer, God will judge. Amen. And uh, I want to read 1 Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Amen. In verse number nine, First Corinthians six and nine, and it's Paul here is somewhat going through the same. He said, "Know ye not that the horm, that the un, the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, amen, nor abusers of themselves of mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers." Revilers, amen, or extortioners shall have inherit the kingdom of God. And then he says, and such were some of you. I didn't say all of you, but such were some of you. That's what Paul was saying to the Corinthian church. Some of you have been fit into the category of verse 9 and 10, but, but God has brought you out. You've been sanctified. You've been blessed. You've been filled with the Spirit. You become the body of Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. And also in Ephesians chapter 5, and uh, I will begin reading it, verse number 5. Ephesians 5 and 5 says, For this we know that 
nor whoremonger, nor an unclean person, or nor covetous man who is an idolater, amen, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. Amen. And so Paul was writing, amen, to the Ephesian church. Amen. And he's saying, look, we're supposed to be separated from that kind of a lifestyle. Such were some of us. Amen. Amen. Notice that word but there. Praise God. It, it contrasts between the first part of that verse and the second part of the verse. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to read from the Amplified Bible that verse of Scripture, verse number four. It just is kindly, I guess it's what you say, amplifies what Paul was saying here. I, and he says like this, let, let marriage be held in honor, esteem and worthy, precious, that is of great price and particularly dearly, in all things, thus let the marriage bed be kept dishonored, undefiled, for God will judge and punish those, amen, all guilty of, of the sexual vices and adulteries. That was what, that's what the Amplified tries to, to uh, let us see in this verse of Scripture. And uh, he, uh, he, he laid it out in pretty plain English there. Amen, somewhat to us, right? Amen, praise God. And such were some of you. And then verse number five says, let your conversation, amen, be without covetousness. Yeah, I, I, I know that some of these things that I've been teaching up to now is, uh, is saying that don't belong to me, uh, that don't belong to me or whatever, I, Brother Patterson, that's 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 not a part of of me. Has it not ever been a part of me? But then this: let your conversation be without covetousness. One translation says: let your actions, or your character, or your lifestyle, be without lusting for other things. Wow. Amen. Some commentaries think that Paul was referring back to verse number four when he was sake talking this. And probably it did fit there. Where don't let your let don't let your mind wander off, amen, the home that God said that was supposed to be a an honorable, amen. And uh and I, I, I'm I'm gonna read some quite a number of scriptures on this, but let's go back to Exodus. Go back to Exodus chapter 20. And uh, we'll, we'll read a verse or two of scripture here. Exodus chapter 20. We, we kind of get, get, get some of the law figured into this. Exodus chapter 20. And we'll begin reading at verse number 12. Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long. Amen. On, on, upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witnesses. I mean, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, thou shalt 
not, you know, not, nor his men servants, nor his maid servants, nor his oxen, nor his ass, or anything that the neighbor has. Amen. Don't, it, it, it belongs to your neighbor. Just don't bother to want it. Amen. Oh, I, uh, I just read a story yesterday, or I think it was yesterday, or a couple of days ago anyway, that uh, this man, uh, he, uh, he got this other guy. He told, now, I, I, I've been in this house, and this man has got $200,000 in that house, and I, I, I know it's there. I, I, don't, I know he hadn't done anything with it. Uh, I don't know. He, I don't know how he got that knowledge, but he said, "We, we can, we can, we can go and we can, we can get that." And they were, I think, they were intending to uh, probably kill the family. I don't know what the, their their motives was or idea was to what they were going to do, but they were after that money. But the guy so happened to have a uh, camera outside, and he saw him walk up to the to to, to the door. And one of them had a gun in his hand, the other had a knife. And uh, so uh, they ring the doorbell, and so he just opened up the door. And that's when the fireworks started. Because the guy was prepared. And uh, says, uh, your lives took more. Took more or had a 44 or got shot with a 44 and took more is not more. No more. So, uh, would y'all get that? <laughs> There's a guy named Tuck Moore. He got shot with a 44. <laughs> and Tuck Moore is not anymore. That's <laughs> But thou shalt not covet anything that your neighbor has. That's 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 in the that's in the law. That's what that's what we live by even today. That amen. If it belongs to somebody else, it don't belong to you. And don't try to figure out some way to steal it or get it or kill a man for it or or uh, cheat him out of it or whatever. It just belongs to him and you. You, if you want it, go get it. Go work for it. Well, I didn't hear he made man's about it, but uh, he's God. Well, I got to... <coughs> I'll, I'll read some more scripture for us today. <laughs> Amen. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19, 21. Amen. Says to lay not up treasures that can be stolen, and I'm, I I do understand the situations. I, I understand our day. We all we got our light bills. We got this, that, and the other that that we gotta we gotta at least make enough money to pay for for them. But what is what Jesus was really telling us here is not to build up things that uh, somehow would cause people to be like this guy was. He's got some money in that house and I want it. And I know how to go get it. But he lost his life in the process. And, and, and 
Romans chapter 13 and verse number 9. I'll read a few verses of scripture. And, uh, and, and he, all of these are talking to us about just what I'm saying here. Romans 13, and uh, I'll read verse number, number 9 in that. Amen. Verse 13 and 9 says like this. For this thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witnesses, thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, if it be brief, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. In other words, amen, if you love your neighbor, you won't be trying to take what he's got. Amen. Well, hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter 5. And I will read verse number 9. Excuse me. I'll read verse number 11 on that. First Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 9. I wrote unto you in the epistle not to keep company with fornicators. Uh, but that's just—I think I made a mistake on that on, the, on that one. He meant First Peter chapter two, verse one. First Peter chapter two, verse one through three. Wherefore, laying aside all malice, all guile, all hypocrisies, and 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 envying. And all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. If so be, you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Amen. So Peter was writing and he was saying, amen, for you and I, amen, to lay aside all our malice and all these guile. I mean, when the, when the Lord fills us with his spirit, uh, I know I've, well, let me just say this. When the Lord fills us with his spirit, it should change our attitudes in all of these situations. Amen. Take all this just dog-eat-dog kind of a attitude away, away from us. Now, I talked about some Wednesday night or some, I don't know, it was some week, a few weeks ago, about these two guys that I worked with. They were the best of friends. They were almost Siamese twins, but they wasn't stuck together. But uh, they loved each other and whatever. But one of them was fixing to get promoted. They didn't know which one. They did not know which one was going to get promoted, but one of them was going to be promoted. And I heard both of them lambasting the other, telling how, how they, they, was, they was too dangerous to be promoted. Amen. And we were, it was handling gas. I worked for the gas department, and, and they just telling you, you know, he, 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 he's dangerous. I, I, I tell you what, he don't need to be in charge of this. You know, you know. I was totally in shock. It was his best friend that he was putting down because he thought he was going to try to get above him. Amen. Let's read verse 12 through 14 in this uh, same chapter. Amen. Verse 12 says, Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may be by your good works, which have shall 
which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. In other words, you're supposed to set the example, or we're supposed to accept the example. Let's say it that way. We're supposed to be accepting the example, amen, that the Gentiles, and, and, and that, that word there, Gentiles, basically means the world, those that's not in the church. Amen. Hallelujah. There's, we're supposed to be an example to them uh, that they may, uh, they may behold our, our works. Amen. And glorify God. And I want to read, amen. I'll give you Dake's Bible. Or Dake's made this statement. Amen. Before I get on, Dake's made this statement about chapter 5 in this first part of the. Dakes gives us 10 things covetousness breeds. Now, I'm going to read those things. Let me talk about them a little bit. But he said, basically, you know, if, if, if you, and, and then, now we, we I, I pray today, tonight, that we don't get the idea, you know, that, uh, well, we are Christians and we don't have these feelings. But Dakes says, hey, there are 10 co- things that covetousness breeds in people's lives, and that's greed. Number two is poverty. Amen. What, why, how, does, how does this fit poverty? Well, covetousness wants, wants to get ahead. And so uh, they uh, they down, they cross the state line going down and just as soon as you get across the state line there's a couple of places that they pull into and say I want a ticket for this uh, lottery now I I don't know who I told this to but uh, I had a man that I worked with for years I say a couple years and uh, he got paid on a Friday he got paid every two weeks. He got paid on every other Friday. And when he got paid, he would pay me back the money he had borrowed from me. And, uh, and then when he come back on a Monday morning, I would dare say that 99 times out of 100, he wanted to borrow $20 from me. And he lived on $20 for two weeks. And when he got paid, he'd pay me. And I told him, I said, you know what? You're two or $20 from being self-sufficient. You can take care of yourself. You don't need anybody else's money. If you was just, just $20, it's, it's all you. He said, how's that? And I told him, I said, when you pay me $20, you give me $20 more dollars, and I'll save it for you until next Monday. That's what, cause I, you know, that's what you're asking for. And he did that. He started doing that. He, he, uh, he, he would pay me his $20. That was his money. It wasn't my money. He didn't owe me anything. But I held it for him in Monday morning and just handed it to him and said, yeah. he live off of $20 in two weeks, off two weeks. Because when, just as soon as he got his paycheck and he got it cashed and he paid his bill, he would head for the, for the dog races. And uh, his dogs didn't bark too long or something. I don't know what it was, but anyway. 
he would go he would leave broke every time every two weeks he would pay his rent or lights or whatever it was and the rest of it would be gone and uh, I could bring some things home but I won't go on that but it, but it, it fits in there ten things that covetous makes they think that I'm going to get rich I'm going to get rich and I just heard a story about two hours ago or three hours ago of a man that said that uh, this, uh, this what they called uh, this money, that they, or not money, it's uh, just a Ponzi scheme stuff. What's that? Bitcoin? Some of these people, people got multimillionaires off of that. But over 90% of the people lose everything that they've got on Bitcoins. And it's the rich folks. He's, now, he said this. He said it's just a very, very few at the top that controls it. And the rest of them, they, they buy into it, put $50,000 or whatever that the cost, I think it's 30 something thousand dollars into it. And uh, they can get, they get, I don't know what I don't know what how it all works, but he said he said they'll lose every penny of it. He said ninety something percent of the people lose everything that they've got in, but other people are making them very 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 rich. And uh, and if you if you're thinking about putting your money into it, why don't you just give it to me and forget it? <laughs> I'll hold it for you. And I've, I've spent too much time on this poverty thing and gambling, but that's what people try to do. They try to figure out a way not to work and make money. And, and Dick says, he made covetousness breeds oppression because a person that's covetous sometimes cannot meet his desires and expectations and he gets, he gets, he gets uh, depressed because it seemed like that everybody else is doing all right, but he's not or whatever. Amen. Number four is he feels like if he is a covetousness, he, he gets into this position of in, injustice. It's, it's, not people, it's just not just that I'm living like this and everybody else is. Uh, just don't get that spirit get into you. Number five is backsliding. That's why that Paul was talking here and Dakes was giving us this because sometimes it breeds discontent with God and feel like he's not helping them and so they're willing just to throw in the towel and say, I'm not living for God anymore. You can lose your soul by having covetousness in your heart and life. I, am, I, need, I, need, ear, 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 I need hearing aids, I know I but to forgive me for that. But uh, Dake says, amen, covetousness breeds deception. Deception. Amen. It breeds defilement. It breeds temptations. It breeds, amen, uh, destruction. 
the nine things he says, ten, amen, they, uh, they have something to do with us when we're not, amen, being content with what we have. Uh, covetousness. God help us because I, I, I do know that uh, we, uh, we, we could be easily drawn into these things when we just want to get further, you know, even up the, up, up the ladder, whatever. Verse number five, I'll continue on reading with that. And be content with such things that you have. Now, this is what Paul was saying here. And let me go back to Hebrews. And uh, in verse number, verse number uh, five, it says it like this, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave you ere thee and nor forsake thee. That's what it ought to be. Again, most think it refers to the fourth chapter or fourth verse. And you know, I just read to it and talked about the fourth verse, but the fifth verse is trying to tell us how to spiritually overcome those things, amen, that he talked about, amen, that, was, that the marriage was failing in, amen, amen. Be content with the, the company that you, amen, that you have and be content with the house that you live in or whatever, amen. Make sure that you're, you're not trying to move up just, just, to, just for the Jones's sake. Amen. Yeah. I'm going to give you a hypothetical. I should not say hypothetical, but I'm going to give you something that uh, I once upon a time. You ever heard one of those stories? Once upon a time, once upon a time I knew a man that uh, I would say every two to three months at the four, probably at the most, he would trade trucks, trade this, and trade that, turn. He, it's almost every time you'd see him, he'd be, he'd be in something new. Because he had saw one that looked better than the one he had, and, and he just had to have it. And, and, and because he saw this situation, and he just was, was desirous, amen, coveted, amen, so much that, it done only, it didn't only just, uh, but that, that went to his marriage too. But he didn't only lose his trucks and his family, he lost his soul over it because he couldn't, he couldn't control what he, his covetousness. He couldn't control his desires. Amen. For he hath said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Then here Paul comes back and says, amen. God's not going to leave us. He's not going to forsake us. Just don't worry about the things that most of us worry about. Just worry about the Lord being with us. And he's not going to leave us. He's not going to forsake us. He's going to be with us always, even unto the end of the world. Praise God. Acts 18, and let's just read a verse or two of Scripture again. I'm using, using Scripture to 
Amen. Where back up what I'm saying. Acts 18 and verse number 9. Amen. Then spake the Lord to Paul in the night by a vision. Be not afraid, but speak and hold not thy peace. For I am with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee. For I have much people in this city. And I don't know that most of you will probably know what was being said here. It was when Paul was in Corinth, and uh, he was having a bad time there, had struggles. So Paul was thinking about leaving Corinth, and uh, God just stopped him and says, Amen. Just, well, let's read amen, verse number eight. And Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with his house, and many of the Corinthians heard and believed and were baptized. Then, then the, the, uh, the Lord spake to Paul and said, you know, this, this is the beginning of a revival, more or less. I've got a lot of people. The church of Corinth was established because Paul stuck it out with all the opposition he had and he stuck it out there because the Lord told him, praise God, hallelujah. I got a lot of people there. You can read Mark, Deuteronomy chapter 31, 6 and 8, and then in 1 Chronicles chapter 26, or 28, excuse me, in verse number 20, Matthew 28 and 20, and I'm gonna read St. John chapter 14 and verse 18 if you want to mark some of those down. Amen. But all of these, amen, is to tell us, hallelujah, that the Lord's going to be with us. We don't, we don't need to worry about whether the Lord's going to be with us or not. We just need to know that we're going to be following whatever he asks us to do. God's going to be with us always, even in the world. Amen. I believe that. I'm going to begin reading verse number four, 15. In, in St. John chapter 14. If you love me, keep my commandments. Now that fits into all I had just been talking to you about. All the things that Paul was talking to us about, it all that's in the world. And uh, in these very first verses here. And I will pray the Father and he will give us another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the Lord Amen. Where the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth in you, and shall be in you, or with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. I'm going to be with you always, even unto the end of the world. I'm going to tell you, there is nobody that the Lord leaves, I think I could say it that way, but we leave the Lord. Amen. You, you want to serve God? He's not going to leave you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to help you. And you've heard that song, you know, that, amen, they, they saw two, two sets of footprints and then there was a time when he was in trouble. He said he just had one set of footprints. The Lord, how come you to leave me when I was needing you the worst? He said, I wasn't leaving you. And I was carrying you. The footprints wasn't his. It was the Lord's. And I'm going to tell you, that's the, way, that's the way God does. Amen. When you need him the most, he'll be there. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Praise God. Some writers made a big deal out of the, the fact that Jesus did not say verbally. And you can read it in the Amplified Bible. It will say it. Amen. I will not leave you, forsake you. Amen. He'll be with us. Praise God. Thank God. I have confidence. I have faith. I have assurance. I do believe that my God shall supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 13, and I will read him in verse number six. Hebrews 13 and six says it like this. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Now Paul is writing to the church he is writing to the Hebrew church. Amen. And he's giving them instructions now. It's not like it was in the last first 12 chapters. But now he's, he's instructing them as Christians, instructing them as, as in the church. Remember. Yeah. Praise God. Amen. So that we boldly may say, the Lord is my helper. And I'm not going to worry about what happens and I would pause to say here, brothers and sisters, that this world that you're living in and I'm part of right now, it's not going to be easier next year to live for God than it is now. It's not going to be easier two years from now. We've got to make up our minds. Are we are willing to die for the gospel's sake because I know God's not, he's going to be with us, okay? Amen. And I, uh, mm, I, got, I got a story here I want to read. Now, you've heard me tell my story. I've told it twice or three times of what one of our ministers in, uh, in Moscow, when they went there trying to uh, get the uh, Siberian 7 out of the U.S. Embassy, and get them to America. And, uh, and then they got to go to a sneak to a church service that they had that the people wasn't there. And so they told them, one of our preachers said, I can't remember his name now. I know him. I can look at his face, but I can't remember his name. He said, I want you to know we're praying for you in America, the church in America that was the United Pentecostal Church. We're praying for you guys. And they said, I want you to know that we're praying for you too. That your prosperity don't destroy you. And here was, uh, here is Warren Wearsby. And he told this story as a personal experience that he had. A Christian couple was ministering, was ministering to believers in Eastern Europe. Behind the former Iron Curtain, the couple had brought a Christian literature, blankets, other necessities, and given to them and wanted to help them with the best they could because they were in very much poverty. And at the church gathering, the couple assured the believers that the church in America was praying for the believers there in Eastern Europe. They got their response like this, we are happy for that. One believer replied, but we feel that Christians in America needs more prayer than we do. 
we here in Eastern Europe are suffering, but you in America are very comfortable. And it is always hard to be a good Christian when you're very comfortable. How blessed we are. But it certainly doesn't help us spiritually. Oh, God, help us. Amen. So that we boldly may say that the Lord is my helper. And I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Brethren, if there was ever any need for glue to stick together with the saints of God in the church, it is now. Because I knew I do not know, except I do feel the pressures of the day that that the things that's coming in America is going to be so very detrimental. Amen. They they're they're tightening the screws as much as they can at a time. Amen. Where they feel like they'll have an uprising, they they they'll just uh, you know just keep on, and, and they'll slack up. Things will be all right, and they'll tighten up again until you can't preach. You can't preach against the sins that's biblically, amen. Should be taught about unless. Amen, you can get in trouble for that or getting sued or whatever. We're, we're getting enough time when we've got to stand up regardless of what comes against us. Amen. Psalms 118 and one verse of Scripture says it like this. Psalms 118 and verse number 6. Psalms 18 and 6 says, Amen. The Lord is on my side, and I will not fear what, can, what man can do unto me. Amen. He was a, Paul was quoting this verse of Scripture. Amen, what he said. The Lord's on my side, and I'm not going to worry about it. The psalmist was calling Amen. It's called a messianic psalm because what it tells us, God is going to be with us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Regardless of what we have to go through. And I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I may, I hope to be around for a while, but, but I don't know. Uh, but I do know this. That these, I, I, I had some scriptural revelations where the people that were martyred for the Lord, amen, and they was crying out, how long is it going to be for you avenge us? And the Lord just said, just wait a little while longer, you know, just wait a little while longer. And I, I began searching, and, and I think, I don't think that that was the martyrs in the early part of the early church. It's the martyrs that's going to be in this period of time, at the latter prime. And I, I pray that it never comes to America. But brothers and sisters, we, we've got to make sure that we've got enough whatever. Amen. And one of, the th- one of the things that we've got to do is make sure that we don't covet things that other people have or covet things that we've been talking about tonight that would get us off the track 
and we're willing to suffer and sacrifice or whatever it takes to serve the Lord. And I'm going to quit because it says, verse number seven, chapter number, verse number seven says, remember them that have the rule over you who have spoken unto you the word of the God. I don't know where, I was, where, where you could say that about me tonight, but I'm telling this, I'm telling you, you've got to get, you, you're going to have to get enough guts and grit and grist that it doesn't matter what happens. Oh, brother, they, they made fun of me because I was wearing a dress. They made fun of me because of this, made fun of me that. And, uh, and it, I know that there's people that it's battling with that that comes to the church here some because of what, it, what they have to go through to be a Christian. And I believe it's what we have to go through to be a Christian. If that, if that is, uh, is, is, is a big hang-up for you, 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 you better get a hold of something besides just what people say about you. We've got to live for God and regardless of what people say. And I'm sure that I'm sure that I'm talking to people right now. Some of you have gone through a lot of persecution or a lot of uh, uh, mockery or made fun of or whatever because of you being a Christian. That is just, is, is this one scripture says, all of these are the beginnings of sorrow. All of that is just the beginnings of what's coming down the road. Shall we stand? And I, I, I think I've told this more than one time. And uh, I'm not, I don't say I like what Putin says, but he sure tells me a lot of things about him, himself. And I can't remember what he said this yesterday, but he basically was saying that it's going to be bad on this earth in just just a short while, you know. He was more or less saying that there's tragedy coming. What he was saying is, one of these days, he's going to tell America to either put up or shut up. And say, we're coming, and uh, you're not going to stop us. And that will happen in mine your day, I sure, I'm sure. We're hitting from the east and the west. But I'm still going to be a Christian when it's over with. In Jesus' name. I don't like what I'm seeing, but I'm certainly, I'm turning my, wife, my, my, my mind to the Lord rather than, rather than somehow being sunk by the circumstances we're living in. Please, brethren, I'm just trying to uh, interpret what Paul was saying here in a way that we don't let these little foxes get into our minds and hearts and make us think that if I just if I just didn't live for God I could get, I could get rich or I could, I could get this or I could do that you got to live for God again I would tell you the cross what Jesus did for you the Holy Ghost when you're filled with the Holy Ghost you better never, don't ever forget that. It go, you go back to it every time. Amen. You, you, you can't forget what Jesus did to save us.
and he will still be with us always if we will hold to his hand. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And God, I pray that tonight I've, I hadn't tried to entertain people. I haven't tried, oh Lord, to scare people or whatever. I'm trying to awaken us all. That God, we, we've got to be more, more committed to you if we're going to make it. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that our prosperity, the things we're blessed with, don't become a curse to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord bless you.